Hello, friends. It is the 2nd of August, 2022. And in 19 days, my son is going to get married. I'm so excited to be getting another daughter and to watch their marriage grow. Today, I'm going to start off the month that I have dedicated to the theme of marriage by giving you a look into our family and the village we were so fortunate to have around us as we raised our son. I'm also going to bring on a very special guest towards the end of the show. Be sure to listen to the other episodes coming up, episodes 192 through 195, because each of the guests that I have brought on is going to share a unique thought to the different aspects of marriage. So thank you for joining me on this journey. I am Sherry Fletcher, and this is your spiritual game plan. Our family is going through a big transition this month, and I'd love for you to join us. I will be going from mother to mother-in-law, my husband from father to father-in-law. Our son will go from our little man to her husband. Like I always say, our roles are going to change. There will be days ahead when I'm going to question my relevance. There will be days when we're going to miscommunicate. But I know one thing for sure. Even though our roles are changing, our purpose remains eternal. God has a plan for my son and his bride. The enemy has a plot against it. So I am dedicating this month to providing my son and his bride a marriage spiritual game plan. I'm so excited to be taking on this new role. But before I give up my former one, I'd like to give one more piece of advice to my dear sweet son. Remember that familiar verse found in Isaiah 32.8, the words that still hang on the wall of our home today. A noble man makes a noble plan, so on noble deeds he can stand. Now, let's get this wedding theme going. Every night, I tucked them in and I counted the dimples on their knuckles as I helped them fold their hands for bedtime prayers. My little boys would repeat after me as I recited the routine prayers that we always said. Dear Jesus, I began, thank you for the good day we had. Their lisped words would join in chorus and they'd repeat, dear Jesus, thank you for the good day we had. One evening, as we came to the end of thanking Jesus and asking his protection, a silly idea came to me, and I ended our prayers a little differently. I had no idea that this little tweak would become um, an enduring, if you will, ending to many a prayer to come. As we were getting ready to say amen, I quickly added, and Jesus Thank you for the best mommy in the whole world. And Jesus, help me marry someone just like her. I tickled each one of them as they repeated me giggling. As I Eskimo kissed them goodnight, looking at their sweet faces, I paused and I wondered, who would she be? As a mom of sons, I've wondered throughout the year who they would marry. 
but I've also wondered what kind of husbands they would be. I had a daughter first and then two boys, and I knew that the relationship was going to be very different. My daughter was independent from day one, literally. She didn't want to nurse, and the words, I do it, were among her first. And snuggles, those were on her terms. As a woman, I admired, and I still admire, her strength and independence. The boys were different, though. Independent, yes, but their need for my time was probably why boys are often called mama's boys. Early on in my child rearing, someone shared a phrase with me. A daughter is yours for life, but a son, well, a son is only yours until he finds a wife. What did that mean exactly? I knew that my time was short and I wanted to raise godly men who would attract godly women, and that would take God. When I had my first child, I received a lot of unsolicited one-line comments. I don't think I would call it advice. And one that I heard often was, well, they don't come with a manual. But yet we're told in Proverbs 22.6 that if we train up a child in the way he should go, then... When he's old, he will not depart from it. The key point there is when he is old. (laughs) As a human, I know that I put my own timelines on that promise. I do the training and I want to see the results like now. But it doesn't always happen that way. As parents, we are called to lay the foundation for our children and then they will build on it. What they build is going to look different than what we might have planned or thought of. And they might even have to tear it down and start over a few times. I know I did. But our job as parents is to lay the foundation. So why is that so important? Well, the foundation is what bears the load. It's solid. A foundation supports the home. Without it, the house would sink. A foundation resists movement. It anchors the home. It insulates the house from climate changes and it prevents insect infiltration. So it's a protection. I would say that the foundation is probably the most important part of the house. So our job is vital. God says in Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 19, that we are to imprint these words of mine on your hearts and minds and bind them as a sign on your hands. Let them be a symbol on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down and get up. Does that mean that Todd and I parented perfectly? No. We had days when three kids, their basketball, music, and life schedules left us with only time for prayers and praise music in the car. We just continued to do our best, and we kept our kids in an environment of faith. I remember when I was a kid, I questioned why I needed to go to church, church activities, as well as go to a church school all the time. 
but a very wise person told me that it was her responsibility to keep me in a strong faith environment as long as she could. It was kind of like offering me healthy food. I didn't have to eat it, but it's what she was going to offer. Yes, that wise person was my mother. Having done the best we could in laying a foundation, we still worried about how to prepare our kids to be a spouse or even choose a spouse. And I'm, I'm by no means going to write a book on this topic, but I do know that God has a plan for marriage and the enemy has the plot against marriage. And now my son is getting married. So during this month of August, I'm going to talk about marriage and I'm going to bring on some guests to share their stories, advice, and biblical knowledge with us. You know, weddings are a great time to look at our own relationships, to recommit to the hard work, as well as count the blessings that God has given us, to have a strategy against the plot of the enemy. Todd and I are looking back on God's blessings in our lives, the village that we often took for granted, and the roles that both Todd and I played in who our son chose to marry. I look at the character of his father in my son, and I know that he's going to be a wonderful husband. I see the influence of his big brother, who has been and still is a consistent person that my son can go to. His big sister, who is a wonderful cheerleader and an awesome nurturer. My son has been blessed to have active, godly grandparents. And yes, I do hope that all the days of dancing in the kitchen with his mother have prepared him for his new dance partner. It takes a village. And that's what many people told us. And we had an amazing village. I'm forever grateful for everyone who invested in my kids, pastors and teachers and coaches, and plenty of my friends that spoke truth into my children in ways that I never could have. All of them are part of the foundation laying process. My son watched their marriages. He watched our marriage. These were and continue to be times when we've had the opportunity to share what is good in our marriage and how God has helped us achieve these milestones. But it was also time to be real in areas where we still had and still do have growing to do. I often asked my son, what do you want in a spouse? I love how he would list character qualities that he admired and would adore in a woman. He wanted her to love God, have integrity, be patient, kind, and independent, to name just a few. My son grew to understand what Peter meant when he wrote 1 Peter 3, 3 through 4. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes, but rather what is on the inside, the imperishable qualities of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's eyes. My son's fiance's character is not an accident either. Those bedtime prayers that we started long ago those turned into silent prayers in my heart. I prayed for who he would marry 
And my prayers turned from that silly prayer at bedtime to actual prayers for a godly wife. As I watched my own daughter, I would imagine her, my future daughter-in-law. I know now that her mother was playing house with her, just as I did with my own daughter. She was a consistent, calming presence in my future daughter-in-law's life, setting the foundation for the home that now she, my daughter-in-law, would be building with my son. Her big brothers were influencing her, getting her ready for the teasing that my son now gives her and her father, a reliable, trustworthy rock in her life, as well as a fun role model, teaching and setting the example of what to look for in a husband. They too raised her in an environment of faith, placing her in a village surrounded by mentors and coaches and others who poured into her, helping water the seeds that her parents planted and allowing God to grow the fruits of character that my son so adores. I'm excited for the up and coming episodes because I have prepared for several months for the guests that will be on this podcast as we spend August focused on marriage. Todd and I have prepared for over 20 years for this big event happening now in 19 days. So to my dear son, let's see, what can I say? Yeah, time does fly. How did this happen so fast? It seems like yesterday. And all of those things are so true. But most of all, I am so proud to be your mom. As I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, I have a surprise guest. I wanted to bring on someone who has been my right-hand gal throughout some of my hardest spiritual battles. She is someone who is very, very dear to my kids, and especially now to my son and his soon-to-be wife. She has spent years teaching my son in Bible classes and a few years in Bible study with both my son and his fiance and most recently, premarital counseling, as she will be officiating their wedding. I want to introduce you to one of my pastors, Jennifer Woody. Jennifer was our high school chaplain, Bible teacher, mentor to many, including my kids, and eventually became one of the pastors of the church on the campus of our Christian high school. Most of all, she is one of my closest friends. We've covered many miles together in what we called pavement therapy through running and walking. We've prayed for and over each other for the last 13 years. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Jennifer Woody. Okay, I'm excited to introduce you guys to my surprise guest and special friend, Pastor Jennifer Woody. Thank you for getting up at 5 a.m. to join me this morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So yeah, have mercy on my voice because it's a it's a 6 a.m. voice right now. So oh yes. Well, you know, we have a lot of special memories between the two of us. Many, 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 like I mentioned in earlier, 13 years worth. But one of the best memories I have is that um, we would work together on the campus and you would have me come and talk to your high school seniors sometimes on different topics. And one of them was marriage. And the kids on that campus knew that both you and I, we were going to be open and we were going to be honest and real with them about having a God first relationship. So, um, you know, it was a faith-based school 
And we had a lot of kids, both you and I, that would come and talk to us. And a majority of the kids that did go to that school come from homes of faith. But I would love to talk to you today about what would the kids that were coming to us, what were they um, talking about that they were still, even being in a home of faith and in a school of faith, they were still not clear at what it meant to have a Christ-centered relationship. And also they didn't feel like they had the ability to talk the ability to talk openly and comfortably around these topics at home. Yeah. Um, Wow. You know, I'd I'd say in a um, summary that the Christian kids that I was dealing with, they were not um, that much different than some of the public school kids that I had been dealing with. Uh, Public school kids would sometimes come. The only difference I would say is that they would come with maybe um, not as intact families. You would find more intact families in Christian schools. Um, Not always, but you would find them more intact, but they still really knew knew quite nothing about what does it take to have a successful marriage? Um, What does it take to be a successful spouse? Because I found that people weren't talking about these things in the home. And you would assume that we talk more about it in a Christian home, but I found that that was not true at all. And why, why were they, I mean, I know my answers, but for you, why were they able to come and talk to you comfortably about this, but not at home? Because I had created an atmosphere in my classroom um, of safety of saying, Hey, this is okay to talk about this. We want to talk about it. What does it take to, to serve one another, to put someone before yourself? Um, What does it take to have a, um, you know, a fun marriage, a successful marriage. Yes, it's hard work. And that's, that was interesting. A lot of the kids just saw it as, um, you know, it doesn't look like my parents are happy. It doesn't look like my parents talk much about this. I don't even, I had children who would tell me, um, when I, I say children, but they were teenagers, that they had never even seen their parents hug much or communication, you know, have communication much, just the two of them, any kind of intimacy that way. So, I found it very interesting. So I think because I created that, that safe atmosphere, um, they were interested. They also watch, they watch us very closely and my husband would come on campus and whenever he'd come in my classroom, I was always super excited. He was there. I'd give him a hug and they were fascinated by that. And they would watch us and they'd say, man, you, you and Justin seem like you're so happy. And of course we're a regular married couple with problems, but they saw that and they were interested. And so because they were interested in the environment was already set for, Hey, we can talk about this. Let's ask questions. They were more open to it. Yeah. I, you know, kids will probably when they're little, if they see mommy and daddy kiss something like you, and even, even my kids now they will, you know, if my husband makes a funny comment or gives me a a kiss in public, they're like, but they, they like it. They like to see that healthy connection it means a lot to them. And I think sometimes as a parent, I'm speaking for myself, you can be uncomfortable being so open with your kids because you don't want them to see a flawed side of you or that you don't want them to think that marriage is, you know, why don't we want kids to understand that marriage is hard? You know, and it, that's a beautiful question. I don't know. Um, and I think to add to that, Cherry, is that, um, that was another element of safety for them because I was very real. I was very real. I would come in the next day. I mean, of course, uh, you know, it was nothing 
that was going to put, you know, break confidentiality between my husband. But I'd be like, I'd be honest with them. I'd be like, oh, yeah, we had a fight. You know, this is how we did it. Or, you know, um, and I think that they really leaned into that because they were like, oh, okay, Pastor Jen's a regular person. Oh, she has issues too. And yet she's still excited when her husband walks through the door. So where's that connection? Where's that connection? Yeah. Well, like I've mentioned, both you and I mentored other people's kids, but when it came to our own kids, you know, we're, we're struggling too. We're not coming and saying with a voice, like you need to do it like us, <laughs> but we know that our own kids need to see us walk the walk, be able to talk the talk. Um, but what's also important is them to know that it's okay to turn to counsel and to turn to people in a community that they, that they trust. And so what, I mean, I know how important it was for me. And I talked earlier in the podcast about laying that foundation through the village and the community, but what have you seen being a part of the community um, and this campus life that the, the importance of that set standard that, you know what, we do this together and we, we turn to godly counsel. You have to have a village and, and I'll share why here. I've been talking to teenagers all my life. That's been the majority of my ministry. And so my dream was, was that I was just going to, uh, be able to pour into my girls about this. And I was so excited when I would get to pour into them about this. And guess what? They don't allow me to, they don't allow me to. And I need other women. I need other couples to walk alongside of my kids to pour into them as I've poured into other people's children, because your kids, maybe some of them will allow you to do that. And I would love to, and I, and I think I could say that me and my girls have a very good relationship, but they just saw me coming. They would see me coming. Oh, I can't wait to share this with you. They'd be like, mom, no, nope. And so I've needed other women and other godly couples to pour into my girls. And they're going to listen to that advice. I could say the same thing that my godly friends are pouring into my girls, but my kids don't hear it. They hear it from them, but they'll never hear it from me. Exactly. I mean, you, you've poured into my kids and you would say some of the exact same things I'd say, but they'd be like, mom, pastor Jen said, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, really? (laughs) Or, or the coach coach, you know, so-and-so said this amazing thing. And I'm like, that's like been a motto on all the walls in our home, (laughs) but, but yet they hear it from someone else and that's okay. That is okay. Yes, it's okay. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And there's nothing so wonderful that will even draw your heart closer in community with that village is there is someone else pouring into your child. I think we can all say that the teachers that I have loved that my kids have had, um, the adults that I, I really love and have a special connection with are those that poured into my children. And, you know, when someone loves our child and someone takes the time to talk to our child, they can't give us a greater gift than that. Man, I love that. So my listeners know that I will say God has a plan and the enemy has a plot. And the theme of this month for me is marriage. And I am now saying, you know, God has a plan for marriage, but the enemy has a plot against marriage. How important is solid premarital counseling for young couples and then continued godly mentoring and counsel as they go into their marriage and continue on throughout marriage? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's essential. 
you know, I tell my kids when they ask me to do premarital counseling, I say, okay, but you have me for life. You have me for life. So if you don't want to have me for life, you may want to pick someone else because I tell them, I said, right now we can talk about all of this and it's exciting. And there's great growth that comes from premarital counseling. I mean, I would have to say not one of the, you know, the tons of, you know, young people I've worked with would say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. So it's, it's very essential, but it's where rubber meets the road is where, you know, they need to have someone they can call. They need to have someone that they can go to. So having godly mentors, um, surrounding you throughout your marriage, it's, it's essential to success. It really, really is because they have someone safe they can go to that's been there. I used to ask my students, what's one of the most ridiculous things that you could do? Well, they came up with a bunch of stuff, but I would always say to ask advice of your friends. And they say, well, why? I said, because they're going through the exact same thing you are at the exact same stage. They have no experience. I said, so it's so important that you guys pick godly mentors that have been there, done that, that can not only pour into your heart spiritually, but also pour into your heart experientially, you know, yeah. to say, Hey, this is, I've been through this. Oh my goodness. I completely understand what you're going through and they have perspective. So it really is. I believe it's it, the long haul is really what's important. Yeah. I remember one time my mother, shout out to my mom, um, when, you know, when I was engaged, she said to me, you know, unless you are in physical danger, if you are in danger, you know, we're talking, you know, non-healthy relationships, you do not bring your marriage problems to your parents. Mm -hmm. You don't do not come home and complain to me about your spouse. Um, and you know, so complaining about your spouse and talking about them needs to only be between you and your spouse and then a godly professional. And, um, you know, so that it's not coming home and complaining to other people and whining, but also as, you know, as a parent now that my son's getting married, um, the time for the, the season of him turning to us as, um, you know, with, with issues of his marriage, that's over. He, he should not do that, um, for protection for his spouse. And so having, you know, a godly counseling that you can go to with an issue in your marriage is so important. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it, again, um, the difference is, is when you go to someone, when you know you can go to someone who loves your spouse mm -hmm. just as much as you, a parent can't quite do that. We would love to say that. We would love to say it, but at the end of the day, that child is my child and you are going to have a natural bent for mm -hmm. that child. Um, I, you know, it's, it's the same for myself when I've dealt with my girls and their boyfriends, I can love them, but boy, right. Someone yeah. hurts my child. So it's completely um, a gift when they have someone that they can go to that loves them equally, even though they may know one, a little bit better, there's still that mutual love and understanding and perspective. Right. I love that. And that is why I wanted to start this month off with the importance of foundation laying the community that we have our kids in so that they can continue to grow that community themselves so that they have an established community as they start their marriage and begin a family. And you have been 
it's an amazing part of my village. So I wanted to bring you on here. Um, you're going to be officiating the wedding. So yes. excited. But you and I paved many miles of pavement, which we called pavement therapy. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to bring you on the show as my special guest to kick off this month. And thank you for all that you've done in my life, in the life of my children and in the community that you serve. And so I would love it if you would end my show with some classic Mrs. Woody advice as we go into the month of marriage. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's loaded. Uh, advice for married people in general, or what is specific advice are you looking for? Cause I've got maybe, lots. Of advice. Oh, I know. Maybe give us some words of wisdom for my sweet Carson and his future bride. Um, I would say that speaking from my own experience that the times that instead of saying why I wish my spouse would do this, or I wish they would do that, or I wish they would change in this way. That when I've actually stopped and gone to God and said, Jesus, show me me, show me my heart and where I need to change, where my thinking needs to change. And it's so beautiful because he does. And I don't always want to hear that. Sometimes I want to hear what my husband's problem is, not mine. <laughs> But when I do hear it and I listen, me giving of myself in that way with a, a little touch of an unconditional love, it's amazing how that changes everything. And even sometimes it brings about the change I want in my spouse in a different way, in a different way, but it changes my perspective. So I would say that would be the best piece of advice I, I can give. Think of instead of man, the problem is with them. Think where, where am I contributing to this problem? And it will, it will solve a lot of issues, big and little. So basically saying, what's it like to be married to me today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh oh, That's right. That's right. Well, we are so excited for both my son and his wife, I am so thrilled. And I just uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and start this month off. Well, thank you, Sherry. And thank you for being a part of my village. And uh, you poured into my girls and I'll be eternally thankful. So thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my time with my good friend, mentor to many, especially my children, Pastor Jennifer Woody. And I wanted to close with Philippians 2 verse 4 that we are not to look at our own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Please stick around for the month of August. I have some great guests as we talk about marriage and also as I prepare to become a mother-in-law. I'm so excited. Imagine shifting your focus off of the hard work of trying to prove yourself to the joyful life of knowing your worth. When you join my email list, you will get the free mini guide. One simple way to know you matter today. It is my prayer that you'll be reminded daily of all the ways you matter more than you know. So head on over to sherryfletcher.com. Click join Sherry at the top of the screen. Already a subscriber? Enter your info anyway to get the new mini guide and you will not get multiple emails. Did you know that you can help others start a spiritual game plan for their lives? When you leave a review 
and share this podcast. It helps me reach others. I do love hearing from you and I want to know how I can serve you in the best possible way. So be sure to subscribe to the emails and leave reviews. Thank you for tuning in to Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast. I'll see you next Tuesday.